to Prince Among Queens, featuring your host, Troy Bronstein. In this program, Troy speaks to some of the most talented recording artists in the music business. You'll hear the stories, as well as the stories behind the stories. What's big, what's now, what's next? You'll get the updates right here. Now, here's Troy Bronstein. Hello, everyone. You're listening to Prince Among Queens, and I'm your host, Troy Bronstein. If you'd like to email me, you can do so at troy at t-besttalentagency.com. And if you'd like to call in today to speak to our special guest, you can do so on 866-472-5787. All right. Our special guest today is a very special guest for me. Uh, she's a friend as well as um, one of the divas out there that has toured the world. Let's give a nice warm welcome to Christine W., Hello, Troy. Hey, hi. hi, everybody. How are you? <laughs> yeah, you look great. You look great. I know the people can't see us, but um, you look fantastic as always. You always do. Oh, thanks, honey. Yay. Yeah. So, yeah. We're live um, from the ranch. We're live from the ranch. So, I got my cowboy hat on today. I see that. And whose who's drum set and stuff is that behind? Is that something you're starting to jam that's on? My, or? That's my studio. Yeah. So yeah. Those, are, those are my B drums. Aren't they cool? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I got my guitar much. next to me. Oh, yeah. Cool. So you're in the studio. Very cool. Very, yeah. cool. very, very cool. So, all right. Well, let's let's start in it. You um, basically you were born in uh, Washington, Pasco, Washington. You had three siblings, and you were raised by your mother, who was also a jazz singer and a guitarist, who went by the name of Donna Lee. Yeah, that's yes, yes. My mom was. Uh, my father passed away when um, I was three years old. We were all under the age of um, six. And oh, wow. um, yeah, so she was a single mom and she had degrees. She had uh, three bachelor degrees from Whitman College, but oh, wow. she couldn't find employment because she would always get passed over. She, she really was overqualified to be a psychologist. That was her emphasis. Uh -huh. But she said she was always passed over and they would always give the jobs to men at that time because it was just, you know, that's it was, that it was. was how society was. That's just yeah. how it was back then. So she started performing uh, to survive and to feed us. And because uh, my dad passed away at 30, 31 uh, years old. So it was wow. really shocking. He got, he, he thought he had the flu. He went to the hospital because he wasn't getting better and he was, you know, on Friday, they checked him in. He was dead on Sunday. So she just, Ugh. yeah. So, you know, it was just a horrifying situation. Nobody really still knows what, what, what killed him because they really weren't that advanced. I'm sure. Right. <laughs> you know, that little, that little farm town, they didn't know what was going on. So who knows, you know? So, yeah. um, yeah. So any, so she was, she was an amazing performer. She, she, was a single performer and then on the weekends she would have uh, different keyboard players come in from Seattle and Spokane in different areas and then they would do like more up-tempo right. uh, type music yeah yeah she's she's an amazing woman Don cool Lee. sounds it sounds like it now it sounds like you also have a um the a music um in, involvement your family um your grandmother was also a classical trained violinist and uh, pianist, and she's the one that taught you to play the piano. Is that? Yes, yes. Right? She was super, super talented, and she would sit all day and write. Um, she would she would chart out music all day. She would write songs, and she would chart songs for my mom to perform at night. 
So wow. she was really, she was really an accomplished musician and she was, she could just write music freehand. And uh, she was, she was amazing. Uh, Muriel Lobdell was her name. Wow. And uh, she had gotten hit by lightning in her thirties and oh. it, yeah, when she had a restaurant in Oregon and um, it hit the butane oh, no. deal. Right. And she had a hand, a hand on the, refrigerator and a hand on the stove and it pulled her arms out of the sockets. Oh, so she, yeah. So she was really tough. Like she's like one of the first people that was ever noted that survived a, a lightning. Uh, lightning like that. Yeah. So wow. she would, she could not lift her hands uh, very far up. So she would put the guitar on her lap and play the guitar on her lap. Like Jeff Healy did wow. in the movie Roadhouse. So, um, you know, that she was really tough, really, really strong person, but she taught my mom a lot about, uh, about music and definitely helped us survive as a family. Right. Now, my, I, my I mean, father's death. Yeah. And I, I'm sure that's where you got your, you know, your inner strength to, to keep going, you know, through life. You've had your own situations, which we'll get to, you know, later, but, yeah. um, you know, just learning, you know, you always amaze me because you always like pull something out of your hat. Every time I see you perform that is different and new. And I'm just like, God damn, look at her. There she goes again. You know, and <laughs> it's like, you know, at the age of nine, you learned how to play the saxophone, which, you know, now you just jam at, I mean, you know, but even so like, you know, it, at your show in the Hilton, which I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. I mean, you played numerous instruments and, and, you know, even in your show, you have the tromboles and, you know, the, the, the congas, the saxophone, the guitar. I mean, you just go from, from one thing to another. And that's just so, you know, I admire that of you, that you have that talent, you know, to do that. Oh, thanks. Thank and, you, Troy. Thanks, you know, honey. The, well, the strength, know. the strength to learn that because that's, you know, it's, it's, it's discipline. It's, it's a lot of discipline. It takes, yeah, it takes a lot of, a lot of hours, a lot of work and um, a lot of uh, love for music to, right. commitment, to commit to the, that kind of, uh, be that disciplined. You're right. right. And, but I learned that from being around very, very strong women. I, that's exactly what I was just going to say. I mean, look at who your mother and your grandmother, I mean, you know, those are the Amazing. two, you know, influencing people, you know, that you would have. Yeah. And yeah. now I, I understand that you, um, you know, you, you had the, you know, the lust to become a performer yourself and that you used to um, perform at like retirement homes and stuff to which you say, or I saw that you said it helped you with your stage fright, you know, to get over oh, the stage fright thing. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, I never I knew that little, about you. Yeah. When I was little, I wanted to perform for at church right? Uh, during the offering because different people would get up and sing during the offering at church. And uh, I wanted to be in the choir, you know, you know, I didn't want to be in the kids' choir. I wanted to be in the adults' choir. You know, I just wanted to be. <laughs> I wanted, to, <laughs> I wanted to, to be out there. But my grandmother was. Um, she could see that I struggled with, you know, stage fright when I was little. Mm-hmm. I did a a pageant, a Little Miss pageant or whatever, and I was fine with singing, but I struggled with interview, mm. and so she she was insistent that <laughs> that I just get out there and perform at you know any place and every place that I could because she said once if you just if you perform everywhere after a while it's just going to become second nature you're not going to be afraid 
So let's go down to the, the old people's home and you can practice all your songs to them. You've got a captive audience that you, they're going to critique you. They're going to want to talk to you. And it's just going to be great for your communication skills. Right. And you're doing something great for them. So That's true. Yeah. And so we did that for, we probably did that for three years straight, just off and on, you know, going well, in. It worked because you just walk out there now. You just, I mean, it's like, you can't wait to get out there and, and you know, perform for everybody. It's like, there's no, um, you know, no fright, you know, no fear. Uh, yeah. Even, and you know, was, when you go out there. She was really funny because she would just go, hey, go down there. You don't need me to go with you. You know what I mean? <laughs> the first time she did, but after that, I don't, she never went with me. I just went, you know, and right. would just go and sing a couple songs. And cause people just, I mean, people back then, like people just walked in there and, you know, right. played the piano for them. And my aunt Joe used to do it too. Every once in a while, she, she'd just go down and perform for, she was performing on cruise ships, but to practice stuff and, just to yeah. get the audience. She and it gives to, them, you know, gives them something to do too, because I'm sure they get, you know, bored out of their yeah, mind and stuff. It's so, really, it was cool. Yeah. But so it worked. It's stuff, all good stuff. Hey. Yeah. It's all, Hey, it makes you who you are today because you know, then at 16, you went at a talent show um, singing Donna Summer's last dance. And then you went on to the pageant thing and you won uh, the title of the Miss Tri-Cities and then Miss Washington and then competed for you know, Miss America. How, how, you know, how is that? I mean, that whole pageant drama tenseness, is it like they say, you know, it's, everyone's just it's, like it's walking really on eggshells and yeah. it's, <laughs> it's super hard. Very like, political really, and very hard, I'm sure. Really, really tough, really tough. Lots of competition. You know, you get on a national level with, you know, 50 of the brightest you know, it's, it's a scholarship pageant. Right. So you have to have uh, over, I think it was 3.75 to even compete at that time because wow. you're competing for a scholar for scholarships. So um, it's not, it's, yeah, it's a beauty pageant, of course, but I mean, but really but it's, it's still a brain. It's, it's still, a, you know, a knowledge thing. You know? Yeah. And at that time it was a third talent, a, a third, um, you know, a, 30, yeah, 33% of it was talent at that point. I don't know how they break it up now, but um, yeah, you had to be talented and you had to do well in interview. And yeah, it was, it was really, really tough, but it was a great experience. And one thing I will say about not winning Miss America was it definitely showed me that not, you know, the best people don't win you right, know like right. it's just it's that that's life the best people don't that there's politics and everything yeah and you know it's just it's it is what it is yeah well, that, that's good that you came, yeah it's good that you came out with that you know uh, you know head uh, head thought you know instead of like some people just get all absorbed in it and it's that's very true because i mean even look at like the shows today the singing shows like american idol i mean jennifer hudson took like sixth or something and look at her you know what I mean? I As know, an example, right? you know, so, and the ones that win, you know, have one record and then their history, you never hear from them again, you know? So. I know, it's crazy, right? <laughs> it's crazy. So you just, yeah, you just, you never know. But um, so after winning the titles, you went on to pursue your dream in Vegas and um, that's where we met and you had your own show at the Las Vegas Hilton. So. Yeah, that's I mean, pretty exciting stuff. I'll that, tell you. That, that had to be exciting. exciting. 
I mean, I kind of started uh, performing just to get, you know, to, I mean, I wanted to perform, but I was more doing it initially to make money and figure out how I was going to pay off my student loans and, you know, figure out if I wanted to be a broadcaster, you know, or not. Cause I, I went to uh, UNLV and got my degree in, you know, broadcasting and right. editing and all of that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, after I, I started performing with my band and we started getting more and more popular and, you know, I went from performing with a three piece band to, you know, what, an 18. Right. Now, is that the sting? Was that the sting or was that? Um, Christine was like the first, the first, the first uh, part. Band. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So um, it's just the band kept getting bigger and bigger. And then the production started getting bigger and bigger. And, you know, pretty soon we're doing a 500 seat uh, show, you know, twice a night, two different shows, both an hour and a half. Yeah. It was crazy. I that. You were busting your butt. And I mean, oh, yeah. you, you know, involved in all that real quick before we take our first commercial break. I mean, that, you know, you won Las Vegas Entertainer of the Year. Um, you know, you're officially sanctioned as the, you know, the performer who's performed more live shows of the Las Vegas Hilton than any other performer in history, including Elvis. And then that yep. led to June 28th being officially known as Christine W. Day in the state of New That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, that's awesome right there. And, yeah, that was awesome. Um, so from there you went on and we're going to take a quick commercial break and you're going to listen to a song called Land of the Living that actually was one of the first albums that Christine did. So enjoy this little clip and we'll be back in a minute with Christine W. This is Crystal Waters, and you're listening to my favorite prince, Troy Bronstein, on Prince Amongst Queens on voiceamerica.com. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day, we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control, and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all of our show archives on demand. All from your iOS, Amazon Kindle, or Android device. Download it from the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. 
Voice America Network proudly presents the Catherine Zox Show for women, men, children, and families. Catherine magically combines her compassion, experience, and talent to bring listeners a show that's upbeat, informative, and yes, a little sassy. Tune in every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern to the Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America channel. Dive on in. That's right. Dive on into my favorite Prince Among Queens, Troy Bronstein. You tell him Debbie Holiday sent you. You're listening to Prince Among Queens with Troy Bronstein. To reach the show today, call into 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You can also reach out by email to Troy at T besttalentagency.com. Now, back to Prince Among Queens. Okay, welcome back, everybody. We're here with Christine W. And we're going over her career here, this fabulous career that she's had. So while you were performing at the Hilton, I guess that's where um, Mel from Champion Records, the president of of, uh, Champion Records, came and saw your show and then was interested in signing you. Is that how that happened? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was hilarious. He was, uh, you know, a funny little British man. And uh, he kept, you know, coming to my show every night. And uh, he, yeah, and he would ask the pit bosses, is she really singing that? Is she lip singing or is she not lip singing? And he just tried to figure it out because he just couldn't believe that my, this voice was coming out of me. Right. And, um he currently had Robin S signed at the time mm-hmm. and um, had worked with Will Smith and salt and pepper and different people over the years. And I don't know, he just got obsessed with me and he, he, he loved my original music. Easy come, easy go was a song he really liked. Mm-hmm. And do you really want me was another one. And, you know, he would just wait after the show and he would talk to me and, and, you know, you meet so many people that, you, you know, you just think people are full of crap. Full of crap. Know, oh, my God. They are. <laughs> Here comes another one. And he just wants to get in my pants. He doesn't right. care about my music or my whatever. And then he started talking about studios and producers and different things. And so I would go home and, like, research what he was talking about, you know, like the Swan Yard studio. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh-huh. You know, and, he, and everything that he started saying started making sense. Like, I was like, okay, wait a minute. Two and two does equal four here. Like he, right. and he would talk about the studios and he actually knew what the consoles were called and like what kind of, you know, speakers they were loaded with or, you know, I would ask him all these questions. You'd and, test him um, and he'd what kind of out, <laughs> Yeah. What kind of outboard gear. And if he didn't know it right off, you know, the next night he'd come in and, or the next time he would, he would, you know, call me, you know, um, that he would know exactly what was going on. And, and then, you know, I knew a lot about dance music and he, and he kept talking about dance music and I loved dance music and I couldn't get anybody here to really, you know, get into producing music. And I'd written tons of songs and everything. And everybody here just wanted to do more, you know, like R and B and pop. Everything is super just like pop, pop, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and everything was so, uh, seg- the music business was so segregated here. It was just like country, jazz, pop, uh, you know what I mean? 
you, you go to Europe and people don't sit around and obsess about like, what kind of song are we going to write today? It's just, just write a great song. Just write. You know? Exactly. Exactly. Well, over there, music's music. I mean, here it was just so, you know, and, you know, excuse my language, you've got some, you know, fat Fs sitting behind desks that don't know what they're doing. And, you know, they're yeah, just, everything a, a number one hit. And they're like, nah, I don't think so. And it's like, come on, really? You just you do, get away from your desk, go out. When was the last time you went to a club? Or, you know what I mean? Yeah, or listened exactly. to something and saw the reaction of the people and everything. So, but totally. That's great that's because. The other thing that I liked about him, like he knew, you know, about like Ministry of Sound and uh-huh. Heaven and all, uh, like he knew about all the clubs. And right. He knew about the DJs and, you know, and, and it was pretty impressive for an old guy to know that much, you know, yeah, to me, yeah. I was I impressed him. with him. Okay. He knows I what he's him. doing. Yeah, yeah. I met him one time and he, he you know, it was, it was quite interesting because he's does have a lot of knowledge of all that stuff that you wouldn't expect, you know, him to, to be familiar with, but he was, but then, you know, he yeah. got the label, so he should be, but you know, you went over to London then and you recorded and feel what you want was the song and boom, uh, had a massive hit in the UK and the USA and off, off and running from there. You, you yeah, we, re- we recorded, uh, we wrote the song in a day, mm-hmm. you know, and we uh, recorded it, I think, maybe three days later after, you know, I, I sat in my room and tried to figure out, like, how to do, like, how I would do all the background books. We didn't have any session singers. Like, it mm-hmm. It wasn't, you know what I mean? It was very stripped down. And I was so thankful at that time that I had been in the church choir and I knew how to do all my background <laughs> vocals. And I'd already been in the studio as a session singer in Vegas, you know, and I was, you know, putting myself through school at, during all this time, um, you know, doing, uh, you know, $25 for, you know, sometimes right. an eight hour session and all you're doing is singing, you know, harmonies for like eight hours. And I did it for, you know, sometimes I'd do it for nothing just to get the experience in the studio or just say, Hey, I'll do it, but give me like two hours to record something. Right. Give me some studio time or something else. Like, you know, yeah. Trade, exactly. off, trade off on yeah. it. Well, on that, on that album, I mean, the land of the living, you had, you know, one more try and, um, well, I landed the living one more try and then feel what you want. I mean, those were all like number one. So when you came out of the box, you came out, you know, of the box pretty, pretty strong there. And I, I understand, I read somewhere that um, the lyrics um, for that song were actually um, written. You wrote those because you were thinking of your stepfather and the passing of your stepfather at that time. Is that, is that yes, right? Definitely, definitely. definitely. That, that was a rough time. That was really rough. It was, you know, you just, you have a, the music, music and just life, you know, you go through really rough patches. We're going through it now. Well, I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you have gone through, yeah. I mean, you've gone through it, you know, up and down and up and down and, you know, your sophomore album, Stronger, that was released in 2000, um, you know, of course that, again, you had, what, Loving You on that, which then went on to uh, Beyond Queers Folk and, um uh, was featured was it was that on a soundtrack too as well or oh yeah that, I'm trying, yeah that's what I thought so you had soundtracks and you had all that so I mean right off the bat your sophomore album boom you're you're you know you're you're adding to your your list of your currently 17 number one billboard you know billboard hits right right out of the bat you had what three the first round then four and five and and going um and uh there was a, a quote or something I'm looking here on my notes now that I saw 
a stronger came about, yeah, when my grandmother was ailing and you had your first baby, which I remember that time. And watching life come into the world and watching life go out was very traumatic for me at that time. I had to be strong for my baby and my grandmother. So yeah. that was um, yeah. another try. And then, then, of course, after that, we all were devastated because then you were diagnosed with leukemia. And, yeah, that was rough. You know, <laughs> was you rough. think? Yeah, I could imagine. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that was a bad one. They, yeah, because you had, uh, you know, 30%, I think they they said you had a 30% chance to live. And, um, you know, that just, I don't know how, how can you say it? I don't know how someone would, would you know, pull through that. But you did uh, because you had, you know, you had your kids and, um, you know, just it's like, uh, what was it during the land of the living, you know, uh, there was a quote where you, you told yourself something. It's not, it's, it's not about, it's not about the music. I'm going to do this. I'm not going to leave the planet. You had that mentality. Yeah. Uh, just you know, saying, I, I you know, like, felt, damn it. <laughs> yeah. I kind of just felt number one, I didn't want, you know, I, the thought of somebody else raising my kids and they were only, uh, you know, at that time they were one and three. Right. So they would have really never known me. So that really makes you fight because you're thinking, okay. And then it's not that they wouldn't be great people. And I don't, don't, they wouldn't, you know, I have great friends and great family, but they would have never known me. And then you, I just, it it was such a, I just had met so many people that lost their mother when they were young. And it really had, um, you know, really tragic consequences for a lot of people they never really ever recovered that i mean i lost my dad at three but i can't imagine losing my mother my mom your mother yeah it's a totally different ball game it's a different dynamic so um so that that was a big one and then also you know i'm I'm writing all these songs about you know being land of the living and you're you know one more try and stronger you're writing all these songs and you're like oh my gosh and then then i just die like no (laughs) i'm singing all these songs of hope and inspiration and we can do it and then you know you're like i gotta do this because otherwise it's gonna look like what the heck happened there (laughs) but you (laughs) did it because yeah but you did it because basically i mean with all those songs you know uh, you wrote Basically, you know, the next album, Fly Again, where, you know, you had all those songs and some loving and Save My Soul, Wonder of It All. And, you know, those are all pretty motivating songs to just, you know, get you up and get you going and say, damn it, I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to do this. And exactly, you know, from the words of your songs, you did it, you know what I mean? Because you were writing them. So it was coming from you. You know, at the same yeah, time. I just, you know, I felt like God gave me a gift and that I was supposed to be out here doing it. And like, I got to do everything I can to make sure, you know, I, I have to, you know, have to share the gift. It's not mine. He gave mm-hmm. it to me. Yeah. No, yep. he gave you a gift and yeah, you definitely need to, you know, to share it with us and share it with the world. And then um, in 2005, you recorded with Patty LaBelle. Oh my gosh, that was so. crazy. <laughs> I couldn't, I still can't believe how crazy that was. I got that phone call. Sammy, her, um, her assistant was always a, a you know, a, a fan of my music and he, he would come to the Hilton whenever Patty was performing and and we, he'd come to my show and he'd say, Oh, Patty, Patty wants to thank you for writing that song land of the living. She's her, she's dealing with the death of her mom and, 
her sister and she's really having a hard time and she you know and I thought oh he doesn't really mean it like you know what I mean I'm thinking oh he's he's being nice and saying Patti LaBelle loves my music but you know (laughs) then I get this phone call that Patti wants to record Land of the Living you know and I need to be in Los Angeles tomorrow at like Westlake studio or something I was like no way this is a joke and who told you to call me like I thought somebody was like (laughs) setting me up you know (laughs) pulling a prank on me Oh my gosh. The next thing I know, I, there's like a car service that shows up at my, you know, it and was off. Yeah. Off, off you were running. So, and you know, here I go, I open the door to the studio and there she is in a, in a full length fur coat looking stunning. And, uh, she had a, I think she, at that time, she had a glass of red wine in her hand and She's like, hey, girl, are you ready to do this? And right. something like that. Oh, my God. She was just wonderful. Well, well hold that thought. And we'll, get, we'll, we'll continue with Patty LaBelle when we get back from our next break. And I believe you're going to hear a piece of uh, one of the new tracks that Christine did called Stars. So we'll be right back with Christine W. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Hi, this is Jeannie Tracy. You're listening to our favorite prince, Roy Brunstein, on Prince Among Queens on VoiceAmerica.com. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access all the time. Hi, this is Linda Clifford, and you're listening to A Prince Among Queens featuring Troy Bronstein. Listening to Prince Among Queens with Troy Bronstein. 
to reach the show today, call into 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You can also reach out by email to Troy at t-besttalentagency.com. Now, back to Prince Among Queens. All right, we're back with the fabulous Christine W. And we were just um, talking about uh, the recording and um, being whisked off to record with Patti LaBelle on Land of the Living. So she was all, when you open the door, she's there in her fur coat and slippers and glass of wine or something. And she's like ready to go. (laughs) Yeah, she's totally like ready to go. She had her full length uh, coat on, like her makeup was flawless. I mean, she just looked freaking perfect. And she's just like, oh, hey, girl, I love this song. Are you ready to do this? You know, and I was just like, whoa. And, she, and then she had me go behind the, the console and, uh, you know, kind of sing. She goes, just sing the song to me. And so here I am singing Land of the Living to her. And she's just kind of, you know, making notes and this and that. And so we ended up, um, she, she recorded it. And then we ended, we ended up kind of doing a duet with it. Mm-hmm. too so there's a duet of the two of us doing it as well and it's on her classic moments album and i'll tell you that when when the name of the album came out it was just so befitting because when she when i first saw her it was a classic moment it was just right. like oh she is everything okay she is just everything i love her so much yeah what a I mean, woman. i'm a, a big big fan of hers and then i i met her a couple times because she did the benefits when sylvester passed away and all that stuff but yes. um just such an iconic person that you know it's like when you you know when you meet somebody like that even though like you're in the business you know and, and me i meet a lot of people but still there's certain individuals when i meet them i get very i'm just quiet i'm real shy and it's like evelyn was telling me about when she met patty for the first time it was at the white house and she was so nervous that <laughs> she was in the restroom. And when Patty came in, she was peeking out of the door of the restroom, you know, watching Patty come in and then talking to everybody else. And then Patty was like, well, you know, well, where's Evelyn? And then Evelyn came out of the bathroom and kind of was not nervous anymore, but she was really nervous and oh, intimidated. I've done a show in Canada and she was on the bill, uh, like one of the big Mac fashion cares where there was like all these stars everywhere. And she was in the dressing room next to, to me. And I just could not get the chutzpah. You know, I couldn't get my confidence <laughs> to go in and tell her how much I loved her. And then here I am, like, you know, three years later. And she's, like, loves Land of the Living and loved my music and all this. And I was like, geez, I should have not been such a punk, you know. And I was so <laughs> nervous. I was so intimidated. She's such a goddess. And she, when she went on, I'll never forget her. She kicked her shoes off into the audience and people that can, you know, is a largely Canadian, all international audience. <laughs> right. People were fighting over her shoes. Her shoes. The craziest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. She's just, she's so awesome. She's just yeah. so awesome. Yeah, she'll do that. She'll start getting down and then she'll kick off her for shoes and, you know, off yeah. she goes. And, yeah, and she's, people are like, she's going to kick her shoes off. I'm like, what? I Like, I didn't, I didn't get it until, because <laughs> in Vegas, she never did that in Vegas. Right. I'd see her shows in Vegas and she'd be very, you know, very Vegas, very glamorous, very, you know. Yeah, you know, still the like, little lady, but not, you know, getting the wildness. Yeah, but not like what I saw in Canada. I was like, wow. Because, you know, it was, like, it was a largely gay audience. So she just was having a ball. We all were. It was crazy. <laughs> well, that was probably um, what New Attitude probably was kicking 
maybe during that that time. It was after. It was after New Attitude. Was it, it, was, was it after that? Yeah, that was that was definitely um, that was definitely like ninety ninety eight or ninety nine. Yeah. Yeah. Well then, yeah, because then after that, you went on and you had Walk Away with Tony Moran, and then you did The Boss, um, and then in 2009. Wait a minute, Troy, speaking of The Boss, I have to tell um, one of my fans, I love him, and he's the boss of love. His name is Guillermo, and I want to wish him a really happy, happy birthday. I love you, Guillermo. There you go. Give him a shout. (laughs) Happy birthday, Guillermo. And then, um, so in 2009, you did The Power of Music, and um, The Power of Music actually is one of only three albums in history that had seven number ones off of it. So and you know what's really crazy about that is that was the scariest thing I had ever done in my life because I st- started my own label, and that was my first album on my right, own I'm label, fly and I had no idea what I was doing. Because, yeah, because I'd been with major labels, you know, I was with BMG or RCA, BMG, and then Fly Again was Warner, uh, Warner slash Tommy Boy, Warner Brothers. And then um, that was my, the first album that I ever did by myself. I was so paralyzed with fear. It was the scariest experience because I honestly did not know what I was doing. And And again... yeah. Going back to your going back to the influences, your mother and your grandmother, look what the hell you did, man. You got seven number ones. On yeah. I just when I think about that, like I'm super like I don't even, you know, like now that I'm sitting here thinking about it, that was really ballsy for like honestly not knowing what I was doing. And the interesting thing is I knew so many people in the record business, but people don't share the information. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like the, the people that were working for the labels wouldn't like share the information, like how everything all happens and ISR codes yeah. and coding mastering, like all these things that you, that you need to know. It's really, you have to learn that on your own because they just, I don't, I, they don't I don't tell you. They you're, don't not, tell you're not an artist anymore. You're competition. That's what happened is you went yeah, as competition. I didn't realize how much major labels didn't want artists doing their own labels until mm-hmm. that time. I was like, okay, this is crazy. I call everybody. I can't get any straight answers about anything. Right, right. The one, person that, the one person that told me about um, promotion now was Bobby Shaw. He encouraged me, and right. I'll never forget that because he didn't, he didn't know about the, you know, about a lot of this the stuff with the record labels, but he knew the promotion side and he was willing to tell me how that worked. Mm-hmm. And, and he mentored me through finding, you know, remixes and remixers that would work. And um, I'll never forget that. Bobby Shaw was the big, yeah, he's big, a good guy. Good, he's good a, man. Big, big influence a, yeah, on me. Having the confidence. Well, I mean, you, like I said, you did it and it's, you know, there's only three albums in history that have done that. And one of them is Katy Perry's teenage dream. And, the other one is Rihanna's um, anti. And uh, are you serious? That's I didn't it. even really realize that. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. Rihanna's uh, in 2016 um, was hers with anti and Katy Perry's to 2010. So it's the three of you. That's the only one. So congratulations, girl. Kudos to you. 
All right. Well, congratulations. <laughs> the hair is standing up on my arms all of a sudden. The hair is now standing up on my arms. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Kudos to you. Kudos. I good, good, good. It. I'll tell you, I couldn't have done it without Bobby Shaw. He really was a, a, a big, big influence in my life at that time as I really was out there. Yeah. I was out there, you know, flailing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, some of the other things is, you know, you're also tied for third place with Beyonce for the most consecutive number one hits um, with nine. I don't know if you're aware of that. Say that again. You are tied for third place with the the most number ones with Beyonce. Right now? Right now. Well, that's that's what uh, I think you, well, you, I don't know. This is two years ago, so where I got this, this information. No, it was, no, it was last year. So yeah, so it says that you're tied. You're tied with Beyonce for the most consecutives, number one. And, wow, um, that's amazing. And you, tied, <laughs> and you tied Mariah Carey with six most number one since the chart began. And Madonna holds a record with 46. So, I mean, okay. you're up there, that. girl. You know, hey. <laughs> information, I'll bring the information. See, it's research, I it, right? I do my research. So, um, keep me up on what I'm doing. I love that. Exactly. You know, I think music, I don't really think about it. I just keep going. But, well, yeah, and you keep going because then you had, you know, straight up at the twist, you had fade and, you know, new and number ones. And now, you know, stars, the, the track that people just heard of piece of was, you know, your 17th number one single. So congratulations there. And that's oh, off thanks. of, of uh, episode one of love and lies. And that's a three part a three-part it's a, thing? It's a, like a it's like a trilogy. Um, it's episode one, episode two, episode three. Um, the second uh, episode will be coming out soon. Uh, written songs with um, Tony Moran, amazing songwriter, producer, and um, a, a lots of really great uh, songwriters. And um, so it's it's. I just thought I would do like a project where it would come out in three phases and then there'd be like one big album where like all the tracks were together. Kind of what I did was straight up with a twist, which was a double album. Uh-huh. Um, just because uh, I just thought it would be, it would, it would, the whole album, the whole, all 24 songs are called issues. Like the album's called issues. Cause it just deals with lots of life issues. Right. Right. So that in that, thought it would be a fun way to release a, a trilogy of, of albums and call them like episodes. That relate, that relate to people. Everybody can relate to, to the yeah. song one way or another because they have their issue. <laughs> you know, they, yeah, they, I had oh. no idea we were going to, yeah, and I had no idea that we'd be dealing with this episode that <laughs> we've been dealing with the last year. Yeah, exactly, the whole COVID thing. <laughs> nobody knew, you know, nobody knew that was going to go. It's so, kind of crazy, you know, I, I do these songs like Land of the Living and things like that. It's, it's, it kind of freaks me out because sometimes I wonder if I uh, kind of know what's coming and I write about it and then it happens. It's kind of crazy. It freaks me out sometimes, honestly. What? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like yeah. I'm the messenger of something I'm not, and I'm not quite sure what. Well, like, it's, yeah. working. it's working for you. And we're going to take another uh, break here and you're going to hear a piece of Christine's Can't Take No More. And we'll be right back with Christine W. Keep singing that you change And I don't believe a word 
Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. Dive on in. That's right. Dive on into my favorite Prince Among Queens, Troy Bronstein. You tell him Debbie Halliday sent you. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access all the time are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports if so tune in to the mike abadir show it's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business host mike abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the nfl along with co-host gino bacola mike will bring his expertise discussion and some terrific guests to the airwaves listen live for the mike abadir show every thursday at 4 p.m pacific time 7 p.m eastern time on the voice america Variety Channel. Hey family, this is Robin S. And you're listening to Prince Among Queens with my brother from another mother, Troy Bronstein. You're listening to Prince Among Queens with Troy Bronstein. To reach the show today, call into 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You can also reach out by email to Troy at t-besttalentagency.com. Now, back to Prince Among Queens. All right, welcome back with our special guest, Ms. Christine W. And um, just to, to top it off here... Um, with your uh, accolades and, and your awards here. You're one of the most popular dance artists with 17 number one billboard hits. You rank number eight in the greatest of all time dance club artists. And you're number three in the top 10 dance artists of the decade. So I don't oh. know if, if you're familiar with all of that, but if not, woohoo! Yay! <laughs> you know, good job. Good, good job. Well, thanks to thanks to all my fans because they're the ones that have made it happen. I tell you, they push me and uh, inspire me. So that's you know, I can't take the credit. You know, I'm yeah. God and my fans and my family. They've certainly <laughs> put up with a lot from me. Just <laughs> all my music and my travel and my. Just, just, you know, trying to yeah. create. <laughs> yeah, but you're good. You're very good with your fans. And, and you know, that's, that's important. And, and it goes along. So in this section here, I ask every diva that comes on the show, there are three favorites. And um, what it is, is it's your favorite city, show, and song. So it can be, you know, uh, as far as the city, a favorite place that you like to go and just have chill time at, or it's, you know, a, um, a city that you like to go to and perform at. And as far as the show, it's, um, if you, if someone was to say, you know, what's your memory of your best show, this would be the one, whether it was the crowd was, wouldn't let you off the stage. It might've been 200 people that acted like 10,000. It could have been, you know what I mean? One of those things. And then 
your song. So let's start with city. What's your favorite city? That you um, well, I, I'd probably say I kind of have two of them. Like I okay. love to go to Amsterdam um, right. because it chills me out totally. I don't know what it is about Amsterdam, but just, <laughs> probably because there's so many bicycles and people are just walking everywhere and not as many cars because those right. streets are small. That you just kind of decompress like immediately. Well, everything's free there and it's open. So there's not all the people, you know, worried about, you know, all the laws against you for whatever it is that you're going to do. It's, it's, everything's legal. So there's no, it's just free. Like you said, you could just chill and not worry. Yeah. It's very relaxed there. And it's, it's definitely got a feeling to it. But um, I have to say, I, I love the energy of London. I love the people. They're hilarious. <laughs> um so funny and i just love the music scene there i loved how they are so passionate about music in london and there's no stereotypes you know labels it's very free right. about the music I, I mean i'm not talking politically or any of that i'm just right. saying like there's a free exchange of ideas and nothing is is off the table anything can happen there as far as like creating there's right. not a lot of judgment so you just feel free to create that's yeah. it yeah if something's good it's good and that's this you know everyone gets behind it and and does it not to mention yeah. london's got some kick-ass shopping i do gotta oh, say yeah. <laughs> we all do oh, like yeah. that so. it's amazing it's a really beautiful there's so much history there that it's just unbelievable yeah. yeah yeah there is with the queen and palaces and castles and all that stuff so amazing as far as show what 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 recalls you as like your favorite show or most memorable show i think the like as far as just like the magnitude of the show i would say when i was on stage during the million um the 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 walk on washington with Mm -hmm. the lgbt uh walk on washington that we did Mm -hmm. and there was a stage and performed you know in front of the lincoln monument and just it was really something that was millions of people there in jumbotrons and right <laughs> it was a big deal that was 2000 and i just remember being wow this is i'm looking at myself on jumbotrons like <laughs> all the way down the you know <laughs> down the whole walkway <laughs> as far path. as i could see and people for as far as i could see and it was a really absolutely kind of a terrifying moment and i had uh, <laughs> and i had brought I had a newborn too, you know, so, um, she was with me too. So that was just kind of wild too. At that point I had Elizabeth with me and she was just a newborn, but I wasn't going (laughs) to being there. Right. Right. Yeah. And it was just really powerful. It was really, really powerful to be there during that time. And it just, um, I was, I'm really proud to have been a part of that. And also I would say the first night at the Las Vegas Hilton when they built the new room for me, the nightclub and uh-huh. uh, it was packed. It was 500 seats and it was the first show and the curtain opened. And I remember thinking, wow, this is really <laughs> happening. You know, they built this room for <laughs> us and we have enough, you know, we have a, a big stage. And, and we're we, sold out. I mean, yeah, yeah, know? we're sold out. Yeah. So that was, that was a really powerful night. Yeah. And my mom came in for that one too. So that was really cool. She was there the opening night. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. That had to be a, a, a rush because I mean, come on with everything going on and then they're building a room for you. That's got to tell you that you're something special. You know what I mean? Cause they just don't yeah, do that. that. Was, 
Vegas is about the almighty dollar and you know, you were doing it. You were doing, doing your thing. So, um, and what about song? A song, my favorite song. Um, could be one you sing or one in your show or just one that you like to sing, you know, um, I love to sing. Um, I really love to sing through the fire, whether I'm singing it, um, as a ballad, that's a mm-hmm. nod to our Chaka Khan, our girl, mm-hmm. um, or I'm doing it as the dance uh, version, which I've released on one of uh, my albums. In fact, it's uh, the fire is on which one, honey? I think we had it on, on we did do it the fire on the, I think one of the new and number ones, part it's, one or part Yeah, that's um, one of those. Yeah, so um, Chus and Sabella did a really great remix of that one, too. Um, so that's a great song. Love that one. I love Algero's Morning. And mm-hmm. I love singing Land of the Living because Land of the Living brings back a lot of great, great memories of shows. And just uh, it's, it's kind of it seems to be the theme song of my career. <laughs> glad, <laughs> just glad to be alive in the land. Well, hey, you know, you just- you proved you're the land of the living, you know, basically with, you know, uh, well, we're here. You've gone through and, and, and it and, even seems more important today with what we've all been through with the pandemic, all the challenges that it's even more relevant now than it ever was. Right. It's, it's so. crazy. It's, it's crazy. And who would have even thought that, you know, we would be going through something like this, you know what I mean? In our lifetime, because it's like, yeah, it's, you know, exactly. it, 20 years from now, you know, our kids' kids are going to open up their history books and, and you know, they're going to hear about all this, you know, and read about this pandemic that we actually are living through. Like we read about, you know, the plagues and all that other stuff that went on there. Exactly. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Completely. Uh, yeah. Well, our time is up already. It went by so fast. <laughs> I love you, Troy. Thank you for being a great person and a great uh, friend and You've been, you know, a really one of the great guys in the music business, a wonderful agent. Always, you know, one thing I love about you, whenever you came to the show, is you'd be like, okay, turn her microphone up. You, you <laughs> always made sure the show was as, as was great as it could be. And so I want to thank you for being well, part of mine. Thank you for being part of mine and, and will continue to be. So, yes. Um, I had a great time. I want to thank again our guest, Christine W., and thank everybody for listening to the show. I hope you enjoyed it as much as me and Christine did doing it for you. And join us next week with recording artist Sybil will be on our show. And that'll be a lot of fun. That's it. Walk on by. I adore you. Go, Sybil. I love her. (laughs) So my name is Troy Bronstein. Thanks again for listening. To us on Prince Among Queens with Christine W. And we'll see everybody next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Prince Among Queens. Be sure to join host Troy Bronstein for another great episode next Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, enjoy your week.